Shirts fans to episode number 95 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. The Rangers coming off of just an absolutely thrilling 6-5 overtime victory against the Washington Capitals, highlighted, of course, by Mika Zibanejad's absolutely unreal night, a five-goal performance, including the game winner in overtime. Where do you even start when you're talking about a performance like this? Well, first of all, one of the things that I thought was especially impressive here, you know, apart from the simple fact that he scored five goals, is the fact that just look at the variety of all these goals that Mika Zibanejad scored in this game. You know, he scores one on a breakaway. That was the one in overtime. He scores on a rebound. He scores on a deflection. He's scoring with slap shots. He's scoring with wrist shots. He's scoring with backhand shots. He's scoring from all different kinds of angles all over the rink, it seems like. Just incredible. You know, all five of these goals were very unique from one another, I thought. And the other really impressive thing here is that the Rangers needed every single one of these goals. You know, five-goal performances, obviously, they're very rare in the NHL. It's not something that you see every day, and you're always kind of in awe of any player who can pull off a task like that, scoring five goals. But a lot of the times, if you have a player who scores five goals, there's a very good chance that that team won the game, I don't know, maybe like 6-1, to 7-2. to It probably gets to the point where by the time the player is scoring his fourth and fifth goals, that maybe you don't really need those goals. It's still impressive. Don't get me wrong. Take nothing away from anybody who scores five goals in one game in in any kind of a game. But in this game, when every single goal that Mika Zibanejad is scoring is seemingly giving the Rangers the lead, and then he seemingly wins the game for them. He scores with 142, his fourth goal of the game, and puts them on top. Then, of course, Alex Ovechkin ties it. We go to overtime, and then he scores again, and he scores his fifth goal, and he he gives them the win with it. The Rangers absolutely needed all five of these goals by Mika Zibanejad. He came through just absolutely money for the Rangers in this game. It was a game, again, the Rangers absolutely had to win this game. They had lost three in a row coming into this, and when you're in a playoff chase and you're trying to track down one of the last couple of spots available to get into the postseason, you cannot in any way, shape, or form afford to lose four consecutive games. The Rangers had to win this game, and it Seems like Mika Zibanejad was not going to let the Rangers skate off of that garden rink without two points. And it was not perfect. You know, you can nitpick some things that the Rangers did, some things that they did not do. They had at least two offensive zone penalties. So that kind of reared its ugly head from earlier in the season when that was just a complete epidemic. And there were a couple of times also where, you know, the Rangers would take the lead. They would get on top. The garden's rock, and it looks like the Rangers are going to take control of the game. And then they would give it right back. And they would give it back because of either you know, a lapse in defense or, you know, Alex Georgiev, I don't think played his best game in this one. He made some nice saves. He, he hung in there, I suppose, but we've seen better performances from Alex Georgiev. I think we can all agree on that. So it was not perfect, but the Rangers, once again, as this team has done so often this season, they find a way to get it done and they get a crucial two points here in the playoff chase. We will give you guys a standings update in the Eastern Conference at the end of the episode if there's time. Now, the one thing is that by allowing this game to go to overtime and allowing the Capitals to tie it with, I believe it was 42 seconds left when Ovechkin tied it, the Capitals do get a point out of this, but that doesn't really matter if you're the Rangers because you're not going to catch the Capitals anyway. It'd be different if you were playing, you know, the Blue Jackets or the Islanders 
or, you know, the Panthers or the Hurricanes, one of these teams that you're really kind of, you know, bunched in the standings with. If you gave away the lead there at the end and you allow them to get a point, you know, that's unfortunate. But with the Capitals, Rangers aren't going to catch the Capitals anyway. So it really doesn't matter that the Capitals ended up getting the one point out of this. But we're going to try to go period by period here. I mean, I could probably just wrap up the episode right now. Mika Zibanej has scored five goals. What else is there to say? But yeah, no, we're, we're going to jump into this, break it down like we always do. And might as well start with the overtime period because, you know, that was the best part of this game. So the Rangers end up in overtime, and it's just been an absolutely wild game from start to finish here. They win the draw, and they pretty much maintain possession throughout. Now, the overtime only lasted about 30 seconds, but the Rangers never lost control of the puck here. They go with Zibanejad, D'Angelo, and Panarin, and... There's an instance here where the Rangers have the puck on the Capitals' side of the ice, but the Capitals knock the puck away from them. It kind of goes trickling back through the neutral zone. Panarin goes back to get it, and he knows he's got time. There's nobody really all that close to him on this play. He's just kind of, you know, casually going back to pick up the puck. And I swear, Panarin was playing possum here. He was playing it coy and just trying to lull the Caps into a false sense of security that, you know, he would just get the puck and then gradually begin to make his move back up the ice. But instead of doing that, when he does get to the puck— he, he immediately doesn't doesn't stick handle nothing. He just flings the puck forward right through the center of the ice to hit Mika Zibanejad in stride. Zibanejad is around behind the defense, and he goes in, and it's forehand, it's backhand. He roofs it, and the Rangers win 6-5 to five in overtime. Goalie had absolutely no chance of stopping this. I mean, th this was as good as a goal when Mika Zibanejad was going in alone. And the way he was feeling it in this game, you had a very, very good feeling that he was going to score here. Indeed, he does. And the celebration is on. That is a hard-earned win. Again, it was not perfect. The Rangers made some mistakes in this game, but they find a way to get it done. They win 6-5, to five, and just an absolutely huge win because, like I said, you can't afford to be going on a four-game losing streak when you're trying to track down a playoff spot. So absolutely huge win, big-time money, clutch performance for Mika Zibanejad. Use whatever adjective you want, and this is just the third time in franchise history that someone on the Rangers scored five goals in one game. And as I'm watching this, you know, I see Mika Zibanejad go in on the breakaway, and you know, he scores and I just jumped out of my seat and I like, I'm laughing. I'm not even like cheering. I, I'm just straight up laughing because like, I just couldn't believe what I had just seen. It was just that incredible of a performance by Mika Zibanejad. And I just said out loud, I just said, he scored five goals. And there, there might've been an adjective between five and goals in there. I won't repeat it here, but uh, yeah, you get the idea. I mean, just pure elation for Ranger fans as that goal goes in. It was just a treat to watch. You know, he, he is a spectacular player in this league. What else is there to say? He, he's the man. And, uh, you know, obviously the Rangers are very happy that, that they have him. And we have next week, we're going to have part two of the Jeff Gordon, his best eight moves as the Rangers general manager. And I've already done numbers eight through five in a previous episode, but we have four through one coming up. That episode, I already recorded it. I recorded it before yesterday's heroics by Mika Zibanejad. And spoiler alert, the trade that sent Derek Brassard to the Ottawa Senators in exchange for Mika Zibanejad, that is on the list. That is that is somewhere in the top four. I will say that. It is somewhere in the top four best moves that Jeff Gordon has made as the Rangers general manager. And, you know, I'm heaping praise on Zibanejad and talking about what a great season that he's had and what a great move this was for the Rangers. And I recorded all that before this performance. So just keep that in mind when you're listening to this episode next week, that that is indeed the case. Uh, so the stats won't quite be up to date because he just added another five goals and is now up to 38 on the season. Just an incredible performance from a guy who has turned into just an incredible player for the New York Rangers. 
If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Rangers is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ranger fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Ranger fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. So let's go ahead and jump into the period-by-period period breakdowns here as we typically do. Believe it or not, some other things happened in this game. You know, Mika Zibanejad scoring the five goals. Obviously, that's your headline. That's your lead. But there were some other things that happened in this game, and... You know, one of the things I wanted to talk about here, you know, we'll talk about the first period a little bit, is the Rangers' power play. Not only are they on fire recently, and, and they've just been scoring goals at such a high clip, it's just such a dangerous unit right now, but that's just it. It's not just that they're scoring, they look dangerous every single time they have a man advantage, or just about every single time. And I think one of the reasons for that, you watch these players out there, they do everything with conviction. They shoot with conviction, they pass with conviction, they'll delay with the puck with conviction, they'll work the puck around the perimeter if there's nothing there, they maintain possession extremely well. There are a lot of power plays for the Rangers where, you know, they'll have control of the puck for like a minute in the in the opposing team's zone, and, you know, on one hand, I'm a big proponent, you know, as you guys know, of just throwing the puck at the net, but there have been times recently where... It just isn't quite there, and these guys know enough not to shoot and to to make one extra pass and to try to get an open shot that way. But they, they do such an outstanding job of maintaining possession of the puck, and what that does is it wears out the penalty killers because if you're a penalty killer, everything you do is reactionary. You know, you're reacting to where the puck is going, and the Rangers just moving the puck all over the place. It's bound to tire you out physically and mentally, and it just seems like every decision the Rangers make when they're on the power play regardless of which player it is, everybody makes the right decision. Everybody knows when to go for the extra pass. Everybody knows when to let it rip. Everybody knows when to kind of just delay with the puck for a minute. Everybody knows when to, uh, you know, look for a deflection in front of the net. It's just that everybody is so decisive on the Rangers power play unit, and it's just so much fun to watch right now. Every time they get a power play, you think they're going to score. And once again, they go two for six on the power play in this one, and that's how you know the power play is firing on all cylinders because two for six is great. I mean, it's you score on a third of your power plays, but you hear that as a Ranger fan right now, and it almost sounds a little bit underwhelming. Like, yeah, two for six, they didn't get three. And that's where we're at right now because of the way this this power play has been playing recently, they're just absolutely on fire. And, you know, again, it, it just feels... It's not just that they're scoring. It feels every time like they're on the power play that they're about to score. And that's just very impressive. And with the Rangers trailing one to nothing in this game, Carl Hagelin, by the way, scored the, the first goal of the game for the Capitals, a former Ranger there. And he's kind of bounced around the league a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think Ranger fans have a lot of fond memories of Carl Hagelin. The guy could just absolutely fly, uh, just just speed up and down the ice. He was always a threat to, to go in on the breakaway. And, you know, good for him, you know, finding his way to a, a solid team with the Washington Capitals here. It's better than seeing him on the Pittsburgh Penguins, I would at least say. But yeah, I mean, I, I think Ranger fans have nothing but fond memories of Carl Hagelin, and, you know, all the best to him, other than when he's playing the Rangers, of course. 
But yeah, Hagelin makes it one to nothing Capitals, and then we get the start of the Mika Zibanejad show. The Rangers are operating on the power play. Tony D'Angelo from the blue line makes a pass to his left to Artemi Panarin. Panarin cranks a shot at the net. Mika Zibanejad right there in the crease. He deflects it home, and just like that, the score is tied at one, and that is it for the first period. Again, I got to abbreviate these highlights a little bit. We had to give a big part of this episode in the intro to Mika Zibanejad. I mean, what else can you really talk about? So yeah, we're, we're going to just kind of skim through the first period here and move on right now to the second. We go to the second period, and Julian Gauthier creates a scoring opportunity. The Rangers have a defensive zone draw. The Caps win it, but Gauthier basically chases the puck, pokes it by a defenseman, and goes in strong. He moves through the neutral zone. He's up the right wing, and he puts a centering pass right toward Brennan Lemieux, and Lemieux on the doorstep only got a small piece of it. The puck goes wide, but nice to see Gauthier continue to flash those skills. We've seen it in very limited sample sizes because, you know, Gauthier, he's out there playing on the fourth line. I believe every single game since he's been a Ranger, he's been on the fourth line. And just nine minutes and 24 seconds of ice time last night. But it's good to see those little flashes. I, I'm still very bullish on Gautier. I, I think he's got a lot of skill. And I, I just love when a player can combine speed and size. And he's got that. And, you know, I think Gautier is a guy that the Rangers are going to really be happy that they traded for uh, when all is said and done. And, you know, hopefully, you know, down the stretch here, we get to see a little bit more of him going forward. And then this play. My God, we got to talk about this play. So I talked about in the intro how all of Mika Zibanejad's five goals were very unique and, you know, kind of they all look different from one another. It's not like he scored the same goal twice at any point in this game. How about this one, though? I didn't even mention this. Here, he scored a goal on a delayed penalty. And who drew the penalty? Mika Zibanejad. So Zibanejad has the puck. He's kind of along the boards. They're in the capital zone. Kuznetsov trips him up. He falls down to the ice. He gets back up. But eventually, the Rangers work the puck to Zibanejad. Adam Fox finds Mika, and Zibanejad just winds up and blasts it home and makes the score 2-1 to one on the delayed penalty. Just a great job by the Rangers, keeping the puck away from the Capitals. Now, Ryan Lindgren was in front of the net, and there was some... Uh, conjecture of, of whether or not Lindgren tipped it. Lindgren didn't tip it. It's great. He gave, it looked like a little bit of a screen there, but bottom line, Zibanejad just wind up, blasted it, and scored. It was just really that simple. So two to one Rangers, about five minutes into the second period. Capitals get a power play, still down two to one, and this was maybe one of Georgiev's uh, best stretches of the game. He made a couple of really nice saves against TJ Oshie here, keeping the puck out, keeping the Rangers on top. Like we said, it was not Georgiev's best night. Obviously, it wasn't. I mean, he gave up five goals, but he did make some some nice saves in this one as well, and that's easy to forget about when you're giving up five goals, but this was just a very wide-open game, a lot of scoring opportunities both ways, and despite giving up five goals, Georgiev did make some really nice stops. Again, didn't have his A game, but found a way to at least hang in there and at least give the Rangers a chance, and we'll just hope for better results from Georgiev against the Devils on Saturday. Assuming he's still out there, we're going to check and see if there's an update on Igor Shesterkin in just a minute here. But toward the end of this power play, Jacob Trouba's chasing the puck in the corner, and he is absolutely drilled by Alex Ovechkin. Both players fall to the ice. Very clean hit. And I got to tell you guys, I like Ovechkin. Even as a Ranger fan and all the battles that these teams have been through over the years, all the times they've met in the playoffs, as good as Alex Ovechkin is and as easy as it is to kind of dislike the star player on one of your rivals' teams, I like Ovechkin. And maybe I just lost a couple of you guys, but I've always been a fan of him. I just think he plays the game the right way. He's not constantly 
whining to the referees like some other superstars that I could talk about. They might play for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm not really sure. But, yeah, I mean, Ovechkin's cool, man. You know, I've always liked him. Uh, I would have loved to have had him on the Rangers all, all these years. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, nothing against Ovechkin. I've always kind of been a fan of him. He's one of my favorite uh, nine Rangers in the league. So some of you might strongly disagree with that, or some of you kind of might be on board with that. I'm not sure. I'd love to hear from you guys if you have an opinion on Alex Ovechkin because, again, I just think he's somebody who plays the game the right way. And then the Capitals kind of score out of nowhere to tie the game at two. And this is one of those, you know, kind of miscues that I was talking about in the intro of the show. The Caps are maintaining possession in the Rangers zone. And then Ila Kovalchuk comes off the bench and no one picks him up. He just, he got the long change in the second period. So he's got a long skate from his own bench into the Rangers zone. And nobody notices him. He just skates right in, never broke stride, receives a pass near the right faceoff dot and gets a little piece of the near post with his shot. The puck goes in. It's 2-2 two to two with eight minutes left in the second. Um, stoppable by Georgiev, although you can't kill him because anytime the, the puck hits the post and goes in, you know, obviously he, he really the, the shooter really thread the needle, and I think that's what we saw here. But the Rangers got to do a better job, I think, of picking up Kovalchuk as he comes off the bench here. Again, you know, it's not always easy. You can't always have eyes in the back of your head, but somebody's got to notice this guy's coming barreling toward the net and get over there and, and get somebody on him. So, yeah. Rangers were unable to do so. Georgiev unable to make the save, and it is 2-2 two two with about eight minutes left here in the second period. Then somebody not named Mika Zibanejad scores a goal for the Rangers here. Artemi Panarin zips into the zone. He kind of veers to his left and loses control of the puck momentarily, but Mark Stahl gets it. He gets the puck right back to Panarin, and then Panarin with a cross-ice pass to Tony D'Angelo. D'Angelo's moving in fast, and he goes top shelf right from the doorstep there, and the Rangers back on top. 3-2 with five minutes and a little bit of change to go in the second period. And I love how, you know, obviously the headline here, as we said, it's Mika Zibanejad with the five goals. But Artemi Panarin had three assists in this game because, of course, he did. That's just what he does. And it's, it's again, like, I don't think any of us really take it for granted, but you kind of lose sight of that in a game like this. When you've got a player who scores five goals, that's where all the attention is going to go. Artemi Panarin, another three assists, and it's like it's nothing. It's like it's effortless. He just goes out there every single night and puts up a multi-point game. It really is incredible, and, you know, I've talked about this for a while. It bears repeating right now. The Rangers have two bona fide superstars on this team. Try telling me right now, that Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad are not both two of the 10 best players in this league. I think it really might be possible, especially, I mean, Panarin is for sure. I don't think that can even be debated with the season that he's having. But with Zibanejad, he really does do it all. And it was on display in this game. Again, the variety of different goals that he scored. He goes out there and he kills penalties. He's got great chemistry with whoever you put him out there with. He's just a fantastic all-around hockey player. And again, you know, the Rangers, they, they've got two bona fide superstars going forward. Unfortunately, the Rangers do give up the lead just 16 seconds after D'Angelo puts them on top here. It felt, honestly, like four or five seconds, but it was actually 16 seconds. Garnett Hathaway scores a goal. And again, you know, it's just another situation where, you know, these these things are going to happen from time to time. But after you score a goal or whether your opponent scores a goal, anytime there's a goal scored, you can't just take your foot off the gas. You've got to come out just as hungry on your next shift. And I don't know what really happened here, but the Capitals go in. Mark Stahl didn't have his stick, so that that's part of the problem here, and he tried to kind of just stand his man up and just kind of shove him at the Ranger blue line, but he can't slow him down, and then Eller makes a pass to his left, and he finds Hathaway, and Hathaway just winds up, lets it fly, and scores on the short side. He goes top shelf. Again, stoppable shot here from Georgiev. There was a little bit of traffic in front, but I thought he had a good enough look at it that maybe Georgiev could have come up with this one, but either way, you know, just unfortunate to see the Rangers work so hard, take the lead, but then give it right back immediately here. 3-3, three to three, 
and we go into the second intermission, still tied 3-3. Three to three. And Tony D'Angelo was interviewed between periods here on the MSG Network, and you know, he's a little bit upset, you know, that they had given up the uh, the game time goals. He said, you know, those were goals that the Capels had no business scoring. We got to do a better job than that. And uh, for the most part, he's right. I, I love how, um, you know, he wears it all on his sleeve. Tony D'Angelo's a very honest guy. Whatever he's thinking, he's going to say it. And he's another player that you just kind of hope as a Ranger fan that he's here for the long haul because I think still the best is yet to come for Tony D'Angelo. We go to the third period, and it takes me because of Benedict all of 12 seconds to notch the hat trick. The puck goes in behind the Capitals' net. Really a bad play by Evgeny Kuznetsov here. He tries to play the puck around the boards, but Buchnevich, he kind of fans on it a little bit, and Buchnevich is right there. He intercepts the puck, and he immediately dishes behind his back in front of the net to Mika Zibanejad, and Zibanejad scores from the doorstep to make it 4-3 to three Rangers, his second hat trick of the season, and, you know, we get that. Obviously, the hats are thrown onto the ice. You also get a pillow. I saw a scarf out there. There was a clown wig. There was a beach ball. And he has now scored more goals in the NHL since returning from his injury than any other player in hockey, which is just crazy. When you think about all the great players in this league, he's got more than anybody since he came back from his injury. And, you know, not only that, but hey, he came back from an injury. You'd think maybe he'd be a step slow for the first couple games. But no, he picks up right where he left off, and he's just been fantastic for the Rangers. And as far as the smorgasbord of items that were thrown onto the ice, I say mix it up a little bit. You know, we've seen hat tricks for, you know, geez, 100 years more. You know, the hat tricks have been around forever. Let's spice things up a little bit. Throw a beach ball. Throw a wig. Throw whatever you got. Nothing nothing heavy. Nothing that's going to, you know, hit somebody in the head and cause some kind of damage. But, hey, mix it up a little bit. Throw a beach ball. I don't know. Throw a towel. Maybe they give you those rally towels every now and then. Anything that, that would not hurt, throw it onto the ice and let, let Mika Zibanejad have it. You know, why not? But anyway, uh, the Rangers at this point, you know, like we said, they're up 4-3, to three and they, they start doing a really nice job on the forecheck. They're just really getting into the capital zone very, very fast. And Samsonov, the Capitals goalie, is really having some issues playing the puck behind the Capitals net. We saw that a couple of times in this game. And there's a play where the Rangers, they go in hard on the forecheck, and Samsonov has it behind the net. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the pressure that was created, he tries to move the puck, and it scorched right back in front of the net. Unfortunately, Nobody there for the Rangers to put at home. Everybody was kind of in on the forecheck in deep, kind of behind the net there. But yeah, obviously the Rangers applying a lot of pressure and, you know, causing some issues for the Capitals here. And then we get matching minors and the team skate four aside. And Brennan Smith really made a nice play here. Uh, Jensen is moving in into the Rangers zone. He makes a move around his man and it looks like he's going to go in alone. But Brennan Smith moving to his right basically just lays out, just dives across the ice and knocks the puck away from Jensen. So a really nice play by Brennan Smith there. Good to see, you know, he's obviously back at his natural position. And then the Capitals do score on the 4-on-4 toward the tail end of the 4-on-4, in fact. Carlson passes across the ice. He finds Alex Ovechkin and Ovechkin takes a wrist shot from the left circle and it gets through Georgiev kind of between the glove and the pad there. And I don't know. I mean, you could say this was a soft goal. It kind of was. But then at the same time, it's Alex Ovechkin. This is just what he does. But still, I got to say this one, you know, probably stoppable by Georgiev. But, you know, again, you got you to gotta at least give him a little bit of a pass that it's Alex Ovechkin. He can really let it fly, as we all know. And it's just a great player being a great player here. And finding a way to tie the game at four about midway through the third period. But enough of all that. Let's continue the Mika Zibanejad show. So the Rangers are on the power play here. And the Capitals actually have the puck in the Rangers' zone. And there's a play along the boards near the blue line. Brandon Lemieux comes over. Brandon Lemieux really made this happen. And he's only going to get the secondary assist here. But this goal does not get scored without the hustle of Brandon Lemieux. Lemieux comes over. He checks his man. 
into the boards, and that causes this player on the Capitals to lose control of the puck. Capocacco right there to pick it up, picks up the puck in stride, starts moving up the ice through the neutral zone into the Capitals zone on the left wing. He winds up and just blasts a slap shot. Simsonov moves to his right, gets a little bit of a piece of it, but the puck goes behind the net. It bounces off the boards, comes back in front of the net on the other side of the net. Simsonov doesn't know where it is, but Mika Zibanejad does, and Mika Zibanejad scores from the doorstep. And just like that, the Rangers up 5-4 to four with 142 remaining. Really nice to see Kako get involved here as well. You know, we talked about him on a recent episode. I believe it was yesterday's episode that, you know, he's obviously been scuffling a little bit and he's been a little bit snake bit, but nice to see him make a play here. And really his only play, the pass wasn't there. You know, Zibanejad was on the other side of the ice when Kako was moving in, but there was no way he was going to get a pass to him. So, hey, why don't I just let this fly at the net? And like we said, good things can often happen when you put the puck at the net. And again, Simsonov makes the save, but you get kind of a fortunate bounce off the boards. The puck comes right back in front, and Mika Zibanejad is there to clean it up. So very nice to see Kako get involved. And I mean, I at this point, you know, we've been talking about Zibanejad the entire episode, and rightfully so. I don't even know what else to say. You know, just go back and, and watch the highlights and, and just enjoy it all over again, because that's one of the first things I did when I got up today before I, you know, recorded this podcast is, man, I just want to see all those goals again. And you can find it on YouTube. There's a, a reel of all five of Mika Zibanejad's goals. Absolutely worth checking out at least one more time. So 142 left. Capitals obviously looking for the equalizer. They pull their goalie with a minute and 30 seconds to go. Jacob Truba with a really nice clear of the zone here. He sends the puck around the boards, out of the zone, into the neutral zone. But the Capitals eventually work it back in. Carlson takes a slap shot from the blue line, and the rebound is there. I think it might have gotten a piece of, of Kovalchuk as well, but either way, the puck finds its way to Alex Ovechkin, and Ovechkin buries it with 42 seconds remaining, 5-5, five to five, and we are going to overtime, but we know how that went. You know, the Rangers, obviously, you don't want to give up that late equalizer here. They did the same thing against the Islanders not that long ago, but in both cases, the Rangers bounce back. They regroup, and they find a way to get it done in the overtime. And once again, Artemi Panarin, just like in the Islanders game, Artemi Panarin gets the puck to Mika Zibanejad. Zibanejad takes care of the rest, and everybody goes home happy. Just what an incredible performance by Zibanejad. I mean, I, I don't even know what else to say about it. I don't know what he can possibly do for an encore, but he is just an absolutely fantastic hockey player in this league. And just so cool to see him have such an amazing night and do it in a spot where the Rangers really needed a win, and they truly needed all five of his goals because, you know, again, if they if he scores four goals and that game goes to overtime and then the Capitals win it, this show is going to sound quite a bit different today. We're all going to be sitting here trying to figure out, like, man, how did we lose a game where one of our players scored four goals? And that would be a great question. But bottom line, he, got, he gets it done again in the overtime period. He scores his fifth goal of the night. I mean... That's it, guys. That's it for today. There's there's nothing else to talk about. Mika Zibanejad is absolutely on fire for the New York Rangers. And if the Rangers do make the playoffs, rest assured he's going to be one of the guys spearheading the charge toward the postseason. And I think as far as who the Ranger captain is next season, I think we're pretty much down to a two-man race. I can't imagine it's possibly going to be anybody other than Mika Zibanejad or Chris Kreider. We'll see how the Rangers look to play. You really can't go wrong with either guy. But yeah, I mean, Mika Zibanejad certainly making his case here. And obviously, just an absolutely huge, huge win for the Rangers. They will be back in action on Saturday against the New Jersey Devils, another home game for the Rangers. They are finishing up the fourth game of this four-game homestand and another big two points on the line. Devils have played a little bit better recently. I mean, I know that 
by default, as bad as they were early in the season, you almost have to play better at some point. But it's a rivalry game. The Rangers got to come out hungry. They got to be up for this game. You know the Devils are going to be up for this game. They would love to, uh, you know, throw a monkey wrench into the Rangers' plans of making it to the playoffs. So this is going to be huge for the Rangers. They got to come out. They got to come out strong. They can't get off to a slow start. No early penalties, okay? This is becoming a problem again where they're taking these early penalties in games. No early penalties against the Devils. Start strong and just keep going all the way through and beat a team that you should beat and get this playoff chase back on track again. So definitely, definitely looking forward to the game on Saturday. No word yet for the Rangers on who will start in goal against the Devils. However, I am seeing right now that Igor Shesterkin is back at practice. He's working in one net while Henrik Lundqvist and Alex Georgiev are sharing the other net. So, you know, draw from that what you will. Maybe Shesterkin's ready. Maybe we see him back out there against the Devils on Saturday. We will keep our fingers crossed that he's back in the lineup sooner rather than later. And as far as... The upcoming week for this show is concerned. We're I'm calling a little bit of an audible. I was originally going to do shows on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday because I'm going to be away for a good chunk of next week, but I wanted to get some content out to you guys. But rather than doing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I think we're going to do Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. So a little bit different, but yeah, I think that's going to work out better. We'll do Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. We'll have episodes. We will have on Monday, we're going to talk about the game against the Devils, among other things. Then on Tuesday, we're going to have part two of our interview with Kevin LaBella from the NHL Network. And then on part three, you're going to get the rest of the Jeff Gorton countdown, the the top eight moves that Jeff Gorton has made since becoming the Rangers general manager. We're going to count down numbers four through one in that. And both of those episodes are recorded already, so they're going to be fired up and ready to go for you guys next week. And the other big news, of course, is that we're coming up fast on our 100th episode of Locked On New York Rangers, and I would love to turn that episode into a mailbag. If I get enough questions or comments from you guys, uh, certainly I can talk about it on the episode. We can do the whole episode as a mailbag. We can do part of the episode as a mailbag, however it works out. So definitely looking forward to hearing from you guys. Again, a lot of you, I've, I've talked to a few of you on Twitter, talked to a few of you through emails and whatnot. And if you go on the Locked On Rangers Twitter page right now, you can find a pinned tweet and you can leave your question there or you can DM it to me or you can email it to me. Whatever works best for you, it works for me. And again, if you leave a question, there's a very good chance that you will hear it on the 100th episode. That's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you for tuning in. And if you want to get in touch with this podcast, and especially if you want to send in a question for the 100th episode, then send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And absolutely, give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. You can also reach out on Twitter if you want to send me a question that way to let me know what your question is for episode number 100. So looking forward to everything, especially this game here on Saturday against the Devils. Rangers got to get another two points, and we'll be back here to talk about it on Monday. Until then, thanks for tuning in. I will see you next time.